0: So, so happy to be here with all of you. Such a great honor for me today. In today's beautiful gospel, we continue our journey through the month of Kiyahk and through the gospel, the first chapter of the gospel of St. Luke. If you remember two weeks ago, we heard about the annunciation of St. John the Baptist to St. Zacharias in the temple. And that God was removing the barrenness of St. Elizabeth. Right, And if you remember in the last verse of that, of that gospel, she said, God has removed my reproach from among the people. He has come and He has visited us. And then last Sunday, we read about the beautiful Annunciation of our Lord and Savior to St. Mary. And we heard St. Mary tell Archangel Gabriel, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And today, we hear that St. Mary goes and visits St. Elizabeth after after Archangel Gabriel tells her that Elizabeth is now pregnant and it's the sixth month. She was just told, St. Mary was just told that she was the chosen one. That God was going to overshadow her, that she was going to give birth to the King of Kings, to the Savior. And the last thing Archangel Gabriel told her, also your relative is pregnant. And the first thing that she does, the very next verse, is that she made haste to go and to serve Elizabeth. Literally, she was just told that she is the chosen one, the greatest among all women. And the next thing she does is is what? She goes and she serves. She doesn't post about it on social media. She doesn't take a selfie and say, hashtag the chosen one, it's me. Everyone was waiting, but I got it. It was me. No, no showing off, no nothing. Complete, complete humility. And whenever we see St. Mary in any of the stories, she's always serving. Never once do we get a sense that she's thinking that she's the highly favored one and She's prideful and look at me, look at someone needs to come and serve me. Since I'm pregnant with the Lord, I'm the highly favored one. Never. She never looks at herself that she's above anyone. She was always humble and always selfless in all situations and in every situation. Even throughout the journey, when we continue the Gospels, when we read the story of the wedding of Cana in Galilee, if we all know the story very well. She went to Christ and she told him, they have no wine. They ran out of wine. None of the other guests knew that they ran out of wine. It means that St. Mary was doing what? She was serving. She wasn't sitting like the other guests at the tables enjoying herself. She was in the kitchen. She was lending a helping hand. She was always looking for the opportunity to serve. She was always humble. She was always selfless and she put others before her. So today among the many things that we learn from St. Mary and the many, many things that we can learn from her, We want to focus on these two things. Humility and selflessness. Her humility and her selflessness. We want to imitate her in these two beautiful virtues. As we read, she made haste to go to Elizabeth. Was it just to say hi to her? Was it because she knew that the baby was going to leap and that she was going to be called blessed? What was she going to go do? Serve. She was going to go clean. She was going to go do the dishes. She was going to go cook. She was going to go tend to the house. She was going to go tend to, to everything so that Saint Elizabeth could rest. She saw an opportunity to put someone before her and she took it. And she took it. We are called to be like this. We are called to love one another and to serve one another. We are called to put others before ourselves. And when we do, when we live a life where others are always before us, we become highly favored. Like St. Mary was highly favored. We become blameless before God, just like St. Zacharias and St. Elizabeth were blameless before God. Because all of these things are done out of love, right? And as we know, love covers what? A multitude of sins. Exactly. Who here couldn't stand to have their sins covered? I'd love to have my sins covered. So love covers a multitude of sins. So when we are humble and when we are selfless and when we serve others, this covers all of our sins. So will we, we will be blameless and will we, be, we will be highly favored as St. Mary. Everyone sitting here today and all those listening, I'm sure know of someone who is in need of service, who is in need of love, who is in need of extra care, who is in need of people to go out of their way to help them, to do something for them. They are in need to see God's goodness. And there are always opportunities to serve and to put others before us. But do we see it? Do we seek out these opportunities? Unfortunately, the world today we live in, we live in a very self-centered world. We live in a world that tells us we have to come first. I have to have the latest iPhone. I have to have the best clothes. I have to have the best car. I have to have the nicest house. And then, if there's time, if there's money left over, then we'll serve. Then we'll give all the way at the end. But this is not what God is looking for. This is not how to become highly favored and how to become blameless. We have to put others before ourselves. And when we put others before ourselves, our Lord exalts us. Right? We can never achieve excuse me, the virtues of humility and selflessness unless we live a Christ-centered life. And being able to put others before us, it only stems from a life where Christ is centered. As we see, St. Mary's life was God-centered. Right? Everything that we hear, she is serving, she is praying. Before this, she was in the temple. Her life revolved around God. And this is why when she heard the news, it didn't change anything. She continued to serve. There was no scenario where, okay, now I'm, I'm moving on up. We started from the bottom, now we're, now we've reached this nice high level, so now I don't have to serve anymore. Now I can sit back and they can serve me. No, she served even more. She served even more. So the first step in achieving these virtues in our life, the first step is having a Christ-centered life. We do this by looking past our life on earth. As we say in the creed, and as we heard a few times, we look for the resurrection of the dead. And the what? The life of the age to come. But do we? Do we really look for the resurrection of the dead and life of the age to come? Or is it something that we say just because it's there? We have to say it. Everyone is saying it. We have to stand. We have to say it loudly. During this part we know. No. We have to look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the age to come. Because when we look for the life to come and we look at where I am going, it leads me to think, okay, hold on a second. If I don't live a Christ-centered life, how can I live a heaven-centered? centered life later on, right? I have to live a Christ-centered life now. So the second step is to never think that we are above anyone. As Christ teaches us, if you want to be first, you have to be what? Last, right? And if you want to be great, you want to be great, you have to get down and do what? You have to wash feet, right? You have to be lowly in heart like Christ is lowly. Our God was born in a manger, right? He came to serve. He was crucified. He taught us what true humility is. And St. Mary was extremely humble. I want to share with you three quick stories about humility. One time St. Anthony, I'm sure you heard the story before. St. Anthony was sitting outside of his cave. And the thought just came to him. Just came to him that, you know what? I'm sitting here in this cave and I'm praying and I'm fasting. I'm doing all of these things. Who else has reached this high level? No one else has really reached I think I'm the only guy on earth who has reached this really high level. And right away God answered him verbally. And said to him, Anthony, you haven't even scratched the surface of this guy who lives in the city. He lives in the city, he has a job, he has a house, he has bills and he's out in the streets. And you haven't even scratched the surface of this guy. And St. Anthony is like, I who live in the desert, who's fasting and prayers and 10,000 matanias. I haven't touched, I got to go see what's going on. What is this guy doing? I want to reach these high levels. So through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he goes into the city, he finds this guy. And he says to him, I want to know what your life is like. What's your daily routine? What do you do? He's like, I I don't do anything. I I work. I wake up in the morning. I say my prayers. And when I pray, I say, God, everyone on earth is going to make it to heaven. And me, I am still struggling to figure out how I'm going to make it to heaven. Everyone has made it. Everyone will be saved. Everyone is above me. I am beneath everyone. And say, Anthony, got it. This is why God told him, this guy here, you haven't even scratched the surface of this guy because humility is the key he looks at everyone that he's above him this gentleman. there's another story that's very similar to this saint macarius the great saint macarius the great also had the same thought come to him he entertained the thought for a moment that he has reached this really really high level and god also said to him macarius you haven't scratched the surface of two women who are in the city they live together their sisters you haven't even touched what they do so he said, I'll go see the story. What are they doing in the city? We're in the desert and these people who are in the city are reaching higher levels. Let me go see what's going on. He goes by the grace of the Holy Spirit and he knocks and he sees two sisters who have two children and he says to them, I want to know what your life is like. And, he, and they tell him, we live together with two brothers and anyway. Two sisters married two brothers and our husbands work and with the money that they bring, we feed ourselves and the rest we give to the poor. And we live together in harmony, we pray. And whatever child cries... Whoever is there picks him up. It doesn't doesn't have to be his mom, right? Love and humility. Can you imagine if two sisters and two husbands live together today in the same house? Musibah. right? It doesn't happen. But humility and love and selflessness, it's possible. And this is why God told St. Macarius, no, these people, you haven't touched them. They are higher than you. Because they live with love and humility. And the last story also, St. Macarius, one time St. Macarius, he was leaving his cell and he saw Satan tied to a tree. So he looks at Satan, he goes, who tied you? And Satan says, you did. And St. Macarius said, I, want to get, I, want to get, I didn't come near you, I just came out of my cell. He goes, no, you tied me. Forgive me, I've sinned, I'm sorry. You know, I, you guys fast, but we don't eat. You guys stay up all night praying, but we don't have to sleep. But the one thing that ties us is what? Humility. Because when anyone upsets someone, we say, <laughs> forgive me, don't be upset with me. Eh? And, and they truly mean it. And this is how Satan doesn't know how to act. And if we do this in our lives, and actually the fathers encourage that married couples before they go to sleep, they do amatanya to each other. And they say, forgive me. If I have upset you today, forgive me. Satan would, he doesn't know what to do with himself. Right? Because humility is what crushes Satan. And it elevates us. And this is exactly what elevated St. Mary. Why was St. Mary highly favored? Why? Because she was humble her entire life. She was humble her entire life. And she was selfless. So from these three stories, we see that humility is the key to reach the heights. Even in our retreats when we are young, we say what? Humble yourself before the Lord. And he will what? It will lift you up, right? So if we want to be lifted up, we have to humble ourselves. And the third step is selflessness. Selflessness. Always looking for opportunities to put others before us. There are always opportunities, but we have to see them. We have to ask God to give us eyes to see these opportunities. Because this is how we will have treasure in heaven. This is how we will have mansions in heaven. We see St. Mary... She would look for all these opportunities in every situation no matter where she was. So we want to do this in our schools, in our work, in our homes, in our church. Ask guys, ask God to give you these eyes that I can see where there's an opportunity to serve and I serve hidden, quiet and in secret so that my Father in heaven may reward me openly. This is how we see fruits. In our lives, This is how we will see fruits in our lives. A lot of people live lives, but there is no fruits. We live numb, we live empty. Because there is no humility and no selflessness. But when there is humility and selflessness, this is where the fruits come. Look at the fruits of St. Mary and St. Elizabeth. Right, A virgin and a very old barren woman are both pregnant. And they're pregnant with very important babies. Very important babies. One is the savior of the whole world, and one is his forerunner and baptizer. You see, actually St. Ephraim the Syrian has a beautiful quote about this. I want to share with you and then we will conclude. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. About this, St. Ephraim the Syrian says, John jumped for joy to make an announcement concerning his future preaching. The infant of the barren woman exalted before the infant of the virgin." He sought out his mother's tongue and desired to pronounce a prophecy concerning the Lord. Therefore, Elizabeth's conception was kept hidden from Mary for six months until the infant would have limbs, arms and legs, sufficiently formed to exult before the Lord with his jumping. And he became a witness to Mary through his exaltation. Since John could not cry out, his mother said, You are blessed among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Our God prepared his herald in a dead womb. This was a dead womb where this baby is now leaping, right? It was barren. To show that he came after a dead Adam, right? He came after a dead Adam. He vivified Elizabeth's womb first, and then he vivified the soil of Adam through his body. In our lives, sometimes we have barrenness. Sometimes we are spiritually dead. But God today comes to us and tells us that the spiritually dead will rise, that we can all rise, right? We can jump from joy. St. Right? John was in a barren womb. It was a dead womb. But no, he jumped for joy in this womb. And our hearts can jump inside of us when we feel God's grace. And how do we feel God's grace? When we take communion. When we repent and we confess. When we are humble. When we are selfless. This is how we feel God's grace. And this is how <clears throat> excuse me, we see God in our lives. So if we feel barren, if we feel spiritually dead, know that God came to raise the dead and to remove barrenness as we see in these Gospels this past few weeks and we see today. Let us preserve our lives. Let us pursue these virtues of humility and selflessness like St. Mary, so that we too can be filled with the Holy Spirit and be filled with joy. And glory be to God forever. Amen.